Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, it's time to let it go to the box office. Is this the half-life we wanted? And it's time for Black Friday once again. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source, and also the Lakers Fast Break and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Thank you so much for listening to all of our podcasts. And if you really enjoy the stuff that we do, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, please, if you can, or even on any other format that allows it, please send us that five-star review especially on Apple Podcasts, because if you do leave a five-star review, you can also leave a comment or a question that will also, if you want, go ahead and read it out on the air as well. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He's just Josh today from Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, and everything that he's doing with Topicocalypse, which you got to catch on all major podcast formats, and his book, Congratulations, you suck. It is my good friend who's been riding the grade so far for everyone out there. So all you kids be nervous that are in his classes. It is Josh Peterson. You got some people having some sleepless nights, I think, coming up very soon. Yeah, I mean, I'm having sleepless nights, so there's that. Okay. It's not supposed to be the teacher. I told you, man, you got to do it the straight way I told you. F, 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 F. It's that easy. You're done in 10 minutes. All right, there you go. It is the easiest way to go. I'm reading an article right now about J.J. Abrams talking about Rian Johnson's choices in The Last Jedi, and he goes, I appreciated the choices he made as a filmmaker that would probably be very different from the choices that I would have made, Abrams said in an interview, just as he would have made different choices if he had made Episode 7. So it's a good thing Rian Johnson did not make Episode 7. And it sounds like he was not really on the same page with J.J. Abrams as Disney had previously stated. Disney states a lot of things, and then there's you know whatever it is that that happens as far as the truth coming out. So, yeah, it's still very nervous for me to see what kind of future they have going forward the Star Wars universe with Rian Johnson's supposed trilogy on the way. And then also you got to remark as well that the movie that's in the Star Wars universe that comes out in 2022, I don't think is relating to that trilogy. So I think that I'm not sure if that's the one that Kevin Feige is going to produce. So we'll have to wait and see how that clears out. But I was just reading an article as well saying that I believe the one in 2022 is not relating to that universe or will it be tied to any part of the Star Wars universe? We'll have to wait and see, but it certainly won't be tied to the Skywalker part of the universe from what, we're able to ascertain because it's supposedly in December, the end of the Skywalker saga as we know it. But it is going to be a great episode. We're going to be talking about a lot of great things, including this weekend at the box office. We're finally going to have some real box office numbers coming out, a movie that a lot of people have been waiting for, especially the young kids out there. The young kids are really anticipating for this movie coming out this weekend. So we're going to talk about Frozen 2. Also as well, what else is coming out of the box office this weekend? Josh is going to have some thoughts on the game that he's been playing, Children of Morta. So he'll share his thoughts on that coming up a little bit later on. 
Plus, we're also going to be talking about a game in the Half-Life universe after so many years, but it's not quite exactly the Half-Life game I think a lot of people wanted. So we'll talk about that coming up later in the show as well. And of course, we've got also our Black Friday stuff that's going on. We'll talk about our five best deals that we've got that we're looking at for all you pop culture freaks out there. We're going to talk about that coming up here in a little bit. On top of that, I want to also go ahead and talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. A lot of words have been going around as far as Jason Momoa, Gal Gadot. They've all been asking for it to be released. They've said they've seen it. They love it. They think it's outstanding. So I want to talk to Josh and see his opinions on the Zack Snyder's Justice League cut and if that would make any difference in his thoughts in the movie coming up later in the program as well. And Rob McCallum is stopping by for another Off the Cuff with his beloved Tanya Marie, who you know from the rock band Kitty. She's going to stop by with some thoughts as they go ahead and talk back and forth about the latest goings on in pop culture. But my friend... It's definitely a big time at the box office once again. It is that Thanksgiving weekend. Disney does make an effort to go ahead and put out something right there that's going to earn a lot of dollars at the box office. And Frozen 2 is going to hit the big screens coming up here this weekend. It is going to be pushing around the $100 million mark here domestically at the box office, what they're anticipating. I think Disney would be kind of disappointed with all the hype that's gone into it, with all the merchandising that's gone into it with the fact that Frozen was such a success previously. So I want to hear your thoughts. Do you think Frozen 2 can reach that same kind of magic that the original had? Because the original started off well, but really started to to really get into the world of pop culture. A lot of people just really started enjoying it. Kids everywhere started singing the songs, Let It Go and all that. So I want to hear your thoughts on Frozen 2 if you think it can reach that same kind of magic or do even better. Yeah, I think so. Cause this is the first, I don't know. It feels like to me, it's kind of the first outside of the cars franchise this is the first sequel that Disney is actually really like pushing. You know, a, a lot of their sequel work in the past has been like straight to DVD. Uh, Incredibles too. Incredibles too. Yeah. But those are Pixar films. Like I'm talking about. And so it was cars. Pix- no cars was Disney. Cars um, was Pixar. Pixar. Okay, well, this is Disney. Like in the Disney wheelhouse, the first sequel that they've actually been pushing. So I'm, and you know, Frozen is such a big thing. It continues to be. It's always a, it's a consistently popular Halloween costume with kids. Target and Walmart are always selling Frozen things. I, I see this movie blowing up. I honestly, like, I, you can stake my claim right now, but I see this movie being a lot bigger than Frozen 1 because all these kids, and they've done an excellent job of marketing it because you go, you know, like I said, you go to Target right now, and they have whole sections carved out in the store for Frozen Two merchandise. You I almost to- run into it on every turn right there in the aisles at Walmart. Yeah, well, they have like a what's the the moose the moose thing? You can they have one that you can kids can ride, and like you go to Disneyland. I was at Disneyland last week, and there's Frozen Two stuff everywhere. So they're doing a great job pushing this film. They're marketing this beyond any other film that I've ever seen them market. So I'm, I see this film blowing up and it's coming out during Thanksgiving break. So it's going to do gangbusters. I'm predicting, you know, like I am, I just watched frozen one like a week ago. It's not a bad flick. Like it's really, it's, it's okay. You know, I, I just, I halted so long on that because I was so tired of hearing people like sing the song, you know, and I feel I felt like I'd seen it vicariously through everybody else but i actually sat down and watched it it's really not a bad movie it's funny it's well written i just i it's a good it's a good sequel for them to like really stake their claim on and uh it's it's a a nice world for people to return to so i see it doing really well i see it doing really well as well i think a lot of people will be interested in going to see a lot of families a lot of young kids because even young kids who didn't even see the first one in the theaters, they're now a little bit older. They want to go ahead and be a part of it. They've probably seen it on home video a ton of times. In fact, they could be seeing it on Disney Plus right now. I mean, my goodness, it's still out there and still very prevalent. The first one, like you said, is part of Disneyland, is part of Disney World with the rides and all that. I remember the when the, the Frozen ride first came out, there were lines up to six hours, I believe, if memory serves waiting for that ride to come out, especially at the one in Disney World. So all that's in there. In fact, overseas, it was so huge overseas, all over the world, kids were singing the songs and Let It Go and all that 
all around the world. If I think over a dozen weeks, it was number one in Japan alone. So right there, you have that type of mystique that you have to live up to. And even though the the this film is not getting quite the ratings and and there's a critical interest that it did, I don't think that really matters with this type of film. You know, as long as it's not a stinker per se, as long as it's just okay and it gets its point across, I think because the 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 audience that it's targeting, it really doesn't matter exactly how much it has to match up to the first one. I think it just has to go ahead and do enough to go ahead and be a a competent sequel and to get across with some great songs that the kids will go ahead and sing and remember and obviously go ahead and I want to go ahead and have you know all the the merchandise that goes along with it. Yeah, and the the merch game for Frozen 2 is is astounding. Like it is really good. You know, I credit them there and I think they deserve credit there is because like this is a movie for the age for kids who are in the age range of people who still play with Barbies, right? So like there's a lot of there's a lot more potential that they have not tapped into crossovers with Barbie, crossover with, you know, other doll companies. Like there's a lot that they can do. So Frozen 2 is almost a limit or Frozen the franchise is almost like a limited has almost unlimited marketing potential that it does so it's not a time to let it go at the box office because a lot of families are going to be heading to the theaters this weekend and also in the next five six seven days over to go ahead and check out frozen 2 i am expecting big numbers as well i'm expecting i think at least above 100 million dollars domestically here at the box office i think it will exceed expectations personally because i think also as well the fact that it has been, uh, I don't want to say a dry at the box office, but it has been a little bit underwhelming so far in November at the box office. So I think a lot of people, like you've talked about, it needs to be an event in order to go ahead and have people interested in going to see a movie, to going to go ahead and spend that kind of money at the box office. It has to be an event for a lot of people. And I think what, like you said, with the, the excellent job in creating the hype and creating the merchandise that's out there already, I think it is going to be enough hype to get all these families back into the theaters, at least for one time around with Frozen 2. I see if the songs get are catchy enough, I think this could perpetuate itself into something more viral, like Let It Go did for the original, and how well it perpetuated more and more people, more and more families to go in and check out that movie at the box office that's why it has such an extended life and why it did so well originally yeah well, i mean you know you look when did that movie come out what three years ago something like that yes Before? that's correct yeah and like kids are still singing let it go there's soundtracks that's been the songs have been redone like it's part of like a collection of christmas disney songs because it takes place in the snow disney also uses that for like their christmas marketing materials yeah, there's a lot of places it's gone. There's a lot of places that it can go. And, you know, the, my question would be, like, after Frozen 2, assuming that the it does do as well as we think it's going to do, is there a potential for Frozen 3? How, how many times will people want to visit this world before they get tired of it? Because I look at even the fact that it had such a huge presence in Kingdom Hearts 3, right? There are there kids and adults and, and people from all kinds of walks of life playing that game and diving into the world of Frozen, and they had actually brought back the voice actors. They had Kristen Bell, they had Josh Gad, like all the original voice actors were in that part of Kingdom Hearts. So it is almost feels like a property that transcends time. But again, how often are people going to want to go back to that world before they start getting burnt out on it? Absolutely. But at least I think for Frozen 2, it should fare very well at the box office. We'll give you an update on our Monday show just exactly how well it's going to be able to transpire and how audiences are receiving Frozen 2 coming up again on our Monday show, The Pop Culture Cosmos. Also out this weekend are two very interesting dynamic films, one of which is not being well received, one of which is. Let's go with the one that is first off, and that is Tom Hanks in another, you know, I guess, outstanding performance once again. This time he's playing Mr. Rogers in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I want to hear your thoughts as far as, is this something you're interested in? Do you think a portrayal of Mr. Rogers is something that's going to be translated into any type of box office success? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Mr. Rogers is beloved enough, but also remember that documentary came out. Not Was it last? I think it was last year, right? Documentary came out about, about Mr. Rogers. So there's still a lot. Mr. Rogers 
trends. Like there's still a lot going on. I think there, I, I would assume that there's a lot of marketing research done before this movie went into production and they felt like there was a desire for something like that because, you know, again, like Mr. Rogers is, you know, it's a property that feels eternal, you know, like Sesame street, but I feel like, you know, it is a biography about him. seems like something that they would have to do a lot of research in to see if it's something people actually want to watch before they make it. You think all these film companies would be doing their research before they would go ahead and make that estimation. But as you and I have seen over the course of the past few months, well, actually the past few years, actually the past few decades, that there have been a lot of individual films that have been released that should not have been released and should have done that type of research. But you're right. This should be something that it's being, it's in now in that Oscar window of films that are being clearly earmarked for the Oscars that should be of consideration. So it is one of those movies. It is expected to do somewhere in the mid to high 20s as far as domestically. So it's you know, going to have probably a decent run at the box office, most likely. But still, is it going to be a favorite for the best picture? Is Tom Hanks going to be in a running once again for best actor? We'll have to wait to see where that lands. I'm going to try and catch it hopefully before the end of the year so I can make a determination myself as well. So I'm looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts out there. So you can let us know at PopCultureCosmos or PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com if you've seen the film or what contenders you think are going to be the best film overall in 2019. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But before we go ahead and stray away from the talk of the box office, I want to go ahead and make mention that the other new film coming this weekend to theaters is 21 Bridges starring Chadwick Boseman. This is his first real high-profile vehicle outside of the Black Panther films. So I want to hear your thoughts. It's not very well-received. It does have the Russos as producers in their post-Avengers Endgame world now. I want to hear your thoughts if this is something that you'll think that will eventually connect with audiences, even though it's not getting the kind of love initially when a film comes out like this at the box office. Okay, I'll be honest, I know very little about this film outside the fact that it's directed by the Russos and the trailers that I saw during Black well, it's Panther. Well, not directed, he's being produced. Produced, yeah. Again, I know very little about this film. But uh, it looks it looks good. You know, we haven't had a decent, like, it kind of has that vibe of, like, training day. You know, and I, I haven't had, or even end of watch, I would I would say. But, like, I haven't had a thrilling cop movie like i haven't watched a thrilling cop movie since end of watch since training day like there's been a lot of movies that have tried to to recreate that formula but they haven't succeeded in it and i'm just curious if because of the uh you know the the names behind the film and the people in the film is this going to be the next training day and i'm hopeful that it will be it's something i'm definitely interested in watching but again i don't know very much about it. i didn't even know that it was in theaters this week well, see, that again, it's just the exact opposite of what Frozen 2 is doing because Frozen 2 has done everything to tell you and let you know, even on the the actual displays that you run into almost seemingly left and right at Target, Walmart, or every department store right now, it tells you exactly when the movies come out, whereas 21 Bridges doesn't have that advantage and unfortunately might suffer because of it at the box office. So that's kind of disappointing to see that the Russo's first time out post Avengers Endgame will not be a successful one, most likely. And Chadwick Boseman, who is an excellent actor and deserves great roles, may not have gotten what he was hoping for with 21 Bridges. But we'll, like again, on Monday, we'll give our, our thoughts on that and we'll give you an update of what went on this weekend at the box office. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. My friend, I want to ask you this when it comes to what's going on with Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. A lot has been made of it over the course. It's almost been like this mythical figure that's been hanging over the heads of Warner Brothers and, and all the DC fans that are out there since the actual original Justice League movie came out. Well, even though this is the actual original cut, but you you, under, you get what I'm saying. In recent weeks, in fact, in the recent, back at least a week ago, when you have Jason Momoa saying that the Zack Snyder's Justice League cut is awesome, 
And then you have Gal Gadot and others that are related to the DC Universe are asking and clamoring for a Zack Snyder Justice League cut to be released. Should it be released? And are you interested at all? Do you think it'll actually make your experience with the Justice League better? Or did Justice League as a whole leave a bad taste in your mouth that just can't rinse out? I like to think that it does exist, and I'd really like to see it. I mean, if it's being backed by Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa, uh, and I don't know if Ben Affleck has said anything about it, but obviously like, it was something that they are very proud of, and if it's something they're proud of, I would love to watch it. Like, I'd love to see what the original vision was, because Zack Snyder had a vision. He had a vision all the way up through Doomsday. And that never, uh, you know, Warner, after he left, Warner Brothers brought in Joss Whedon and then they kind of went in the opposite direction. They tried to do more of like a Marvel style thing. And I don't think that that's what that was meant to be. I think part of the reason they're in the situation they're in is because Zack Snyder didn't get to finish his story. So my thoughts here are if this cut is real, if it's out there, if it is released by Warner Brothers, one, Warner Brothers has lied about it all this time. And two, what if it is really good? What if it is everything that, you know, that we wanted out of a Justice League film? What if it's everything that we were hoping for? And then Warner Brothers is going to have to sit there and go back and rethink their DCU strategy. And, you know, if this is truly successful, and I wouldn't see a choice for them other than to make it canon again and then go back to the drawing board. Well, I'm telling you, my friend, it's something that I'm very interested in seeing. I didn't think it was that bad, just the original Justice League movie that came out. It was released at the years. I thought it was okay. I know I got ripped a new one by Rob McCallum. You know, he just was ah, ha, 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 laughing in my face. And I know a lot of people think it stinks. And yes, it you gotta, not- you gotta remember though, Rob's like a hypercritic though. So, like, it, it, you know, for those of us who are just wanting to see something for what it is, wanting to see something brought to life that we've only dreamed about, like it. It was not a bad flick, but I would love to see, you know, again, what it was meant to be as opposed to what it was turned into. That's true. And, of course, because of the incidents that happened in Zack Snyder's life, especially when it concerns his daughter, and uh, that's just such a tragic thing to go to. It's quite understandable where his life went from there and how, you know, he just wasn't able to go ahead and finish what he was doing when it concerns everything that was going on in the, in the DC Universe. But... I know he had already received a ton of criticism already in regards to where the direction was going because he was the face of the DC universe at that point in time. So it was kind of difficult to see where it was going from there. It was kind of mess. But now that we've actually distanced ourselves from that earlier part of the DC universe, even what, two, three, four years ago, uh, and we've had since then Wonder Woman come out to very great acclaim and also as well successful at the box office. Aquaman has been very successful at the box office. Now we have Joker, which is heavily rumored to be going ahead with the sequel, although it's not been confirmed. Hollywood Reporter says yes. Deadline says no. So who knows exactly where the truth lies. But I have a feeling Warner Brothers is going to you know, actually convince Todd Phillips. I would bet on the fact that there will be a sequel at some point in that DC Origins part of it with with Joker. So now that they've had some semblance of success since that rocky period of time where they were producing bad movies that were not meeting expectations, it, it's just finally good to see that you know we can go ahead and start talking once again about a Zack Snyder cut being hopefully available or made available to the public. And I don't think it's going to go on to if it ever comes to life. I don't think it's ever going to be released in theaters. I don't think that's the goal. But I could see it. Now, get this, my friend. I was thinking about this the other day, especially when Gal Gadot was, was voicing her support for the movie and being shown. I see this as a promotional gimmick for HBO Max. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, them saying like it's exclusive to HBO Max. But this is also like I, I feel like that would be kind of foolish because – if Warner Brothers were to cut it out on Blu-ray, do the on-demand red box is what I'm trying to say. Uh, just put it all out at the regular areas and let people pick these movies up. Let them watch it. There's the opportunity for them to profit there. I don't think it's going to be as big because I don't think the regular individual out there on the street yeah. really cares about a Zack Snyder cut. I think it's important to a select community. And I think that select community would go ahead and drive in waves to get HBO Max just to see that film and obviously a lot of the other stuff that they have to offer as well. I don't know. I would be interested in owning it physically, maybe a steel book, like a collector's edition, whatever it is. Like I would definitely be interested in that. 
is it enough to make me go subscribe to HBO Max? I don't know. You know, I, I feel like isolating it behind a pay gate like that is going to make people, it's going to leave an even worse taste in people's mouths. Should this movie actually be really good? Well, in essence, buying it as a Blu-ray is a paywall as well, or buying it on a digital Yeah, but you're not, you're not having to subscribe to a service, so you get to keep it, you get to collect it, you get to put it with your other DC things. I'm just not sure it would be prudent financially because you remember, you know, the cost that goes into you know, to having it out on Blu-ray and things of that nature. Do you, you know, it would Warner Brothers have enough confidence in being able to churn enough copies to to see it generate a profit? At, because at this point in time, it is important that a Zack Snyder cut to a select few, a select group of individuals, I think I should say better say than select few, but a select group of individuals are really curious about this cut. I'm not sure the entire general audience or general individual out there is really caring about a Zack Snyder Justice League cut at this time. They've put worse things out on DVD and Blu-ray. <laughs> they haven't. They haven't made money from it. Yeah, so, I mean, what what is the harm in trying? Anyways, I would love to watch it, though. I Not enough to, to subscribe to HBO, but like I would love to see you know the, this legendary cut because, again if it's actually really good, this could have negative repercussions for Warner and, and the fact that this might, might be why they didn't want to release it. I uh, could have negative repercussions. in the fact that like their whatever plan they're having to mimic what Marvel's doing, you know, they, Shazam was okay, but it just whatever plans they have going forward might have to be rethought. If this is the world that people want, you know, if this is what gets the hype going, then they probably have to ride this version of justice league forward and continue on, you know, the path that Zack Snyder had set out. Well, we definitely want to hear everyone's thoughts out there. Are you interested in seeing a new cut of the justice league, the Zack Snyder cut, which has been hidden in the dark realms of Warner brothers now for some time. Are you interested in seeing the Zack Snyder's justice league cut? I know Josh and I are, but I don't know exactly how large of an audience is interested in it. So if you are, we'd love to hear your thoughts at PopCultureCosmos on Twitter, plus also solve PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com and PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media and Game Source on Facebook and also Twitter and Instagram as well. Well, my friend, before we head on out to the break and then after that, our thoughts on Black Friday, I want to hear your thoughts on Children of Morta. I know you've been playing it in between giving kids grades, maybe decent, maybe not so decent grades. But anyways, in between all that love you're giving the kids as far as FFFFFFFFFF, let me hear your thoughts on how your time has been spent with Children of Morta. So Children of Morta, in case you didn't hear my original thing, is a roguelite. So it's kind of like a top-down game. There's a lot of depth to the uh, both the story and the environment. So you're not just playing something where you know you have thing pixels moving like in Pokemon, you know, where the bushes are, are dancing to the beat of the music. Like this is an actual a lot of thought and layers have gone into this and it's, you know, it's like, it has a mixture of like, uh, you know, pixelated characters with uh, pastels and all these different watercolors. It's kind of, it's a really neat thing, but this game is frustrating, but it's also really great. You know, it's frustrating in the fact that like they set this up to where you in order for you to progress in the game, you have to go through all these dungeons and these dungeons are massive. So there's like, you're not really playing this game any, any two ways more than once. Right. So you go through this dungeon and they know that you're going to get your, your socks rocked off. And what they want you to do is to die enough times to where you, when you die, you get to keep your experience and your money. So they want you to just keep dying over and over and over again until you are strong enough and you have the right weaponry to go through these dungeons successfully. And, you know, it, uh, that concept was weird to me at first, but it's also really interesting because when you die, you don't, like I said, you don't lose progression. You go back to the beginning of the dungeon, but you also get a new part of the story. So every time I, I've died so far, I've gotten a, a piece of the brother's story, right? So I've unlocked the main character. I'm, I have his daughter, uh, who's the bow and arrow. So if I want to be her, do ranged attacks instead of my sword, I can switch to her. I can also have somebody join in co-op locally and play as her if I wanted to as well. 
But every time you die, you, you just go back to the beginning of the dungeon. You got to do it all over again. But after each death, you get a new part of the story, whether it's about the mom, the son, the, the grandpa, the grandma, whatever it is. Like you get pieces of this family story, this history. Why do they hunt the things that they do? So I'm really digging it so far. I am probably about I'm three dungeons in. I think I got there's nine of them. So I got six more to play through. It's just, you know, it's been finding time. It's a grind. But it's a fun grind. So I, you know, it's 30 bucks on Xbox One. And I think that it's worth it because you do get a lot of playtime out of it. And it's fun to, it's, it's something I do imagine myself going back to. I'm going to pop a review up probably before weeks end. So you can stay tuned, pay attention to that. But yeah, it's fun. You can see my, my part one of my playthroughs up on YouTube. It's up on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook channel as well. So uh, stop by, check it out. If you have any comments, concerns, you want to ask me questions, go ahead and pop something in the comment box or send us a DM or an email at popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. We'd be more than happy to talk about it. Once again, that's Children of Morta. You can check out Josh's review coming up very soon at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And again, check out the highlights of the actual game itself at Pop Culture Cosmos or Humanica Media on YouTube. Right after the break, we're going to go ahead and share our thoughts on the best deals, some of which are pop culture, some of which may not. You got to find out what we think are the best deals that are floating out there for this coming Black Friday, coming up right after the break. Also as well, Rob McCallum will have an off-the-cuff segment with Tanya Marie from the rock band Kitty. And then right after that, we're going to talk about, as we close out the show, about Half-Life coming to VR. Is it the Half-Life we wanted or is it the Half-Life we needed? We'll talk about that coming up later on in the program as well. This is the PCC Multiverse. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. All right, my friend, we're back with the PCC Multiverse, and it's that time, my friend. Get excited. Yay! It's Black Friday. I love it, man. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. It is Black Friday, so I want to hear your thoughts, man. We've got our deals lined up. I've got it right here. We've been doing a lot of research. First thing I want to ask you, my friend, I don't see as many outlets you know, sharing deals. I don't see as many outlets having those great, great, great deals that just have us going doing backflips. As I've seen in the past, I don't know. I get that sense that maybe Black Friday is is not quite as special. There's still a lot of great deals, mind you, but I just don't see as many blockbuster deals that has my head spinning as much as I used to. I don't know. Have you been you perusing BlackFriday.com, the Black Friday, BFads.net, and all that? I want to hear your thoughts. Have you been seeing the same thing that I have, or have you been seeing more deals than ever before? No, it's weird. So I was talking to the guys about this last night on Topic Eclipse is the fact that TV, like TVs were the big Black Friday items, right? They're the big Black Friday items for a long time and also laptops, I suppose. But, you know, it's uh, back when LED TVs came out, they were, you know, anywhere from 16 to 2100. And Samsung would make special edition TVs out of like spare parts that would sell, you know, at, at Best Buys and Walmarts for a lot less. You can get an LED, like a 42 inch LED TV for like $300. And people were stoked about that. They line up outside for days for those TVs. But now like you look at, you know, outside the, the TCL TVs, like you can find like your Samsungs and your LGs and stuff. And they're even on Black Friday, the, the prices are maybe 50 bucks cheaper than it would be just on a regular weekend sale. So there's not really a lot of incentive to go buy those anymore. You know, for me, looking at these Black Friday ads, I'm more stoked on the video games and the movie sales than I am about any of the other things. Is there anything outside of video games and movies that you're looking at specifically? I know Roku TV is something that a lot of people are interested in. I've got some things on the mind. I mean, one, of, one may be a TV. We'll have to see as far as our list is concerned. So this goes into our list right now. and A lot of things that you want to talk about and I want to talk about when it concerns Black Friday. So I want to ask you, my friend, when it concerns Black Friday, I know you have some great deals in mind. I've got a top five. I had to break it down. I had a large list, you know, almost as much as I had in previous years, but not quite. So the list wasn't quite as extensive, but it still was a pretty large list of contenders. 
So before I break down my top five, I want to hear your thoughts on your top deals. I don't know if it's the top five, top 10. You haven't given me an advanced word on your top deals. You wanted to keep it a secret. Hush, hush. I understand that. So I want to hear your deals on Black Friday that you have in mind because it's around the corner, my friend. It's Black Friday, and I'm ready to shop. Yeah, well, I'm mostly looking at Walmart and Target. So here's the things that I have written down that I would like to purchase. Breath of the Wild on Switch for 30 bucks. I would also like Crash Team Racing on Switch for $25. If I can get to a Walmart in time, I'd love to own the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Arcade 1-Up. You know, looking at movies here, they have a Walmart has this Dragon Ball Super Brawl movie on Blu-ray for $6. So those are like the things I'm looking at at Walmart. If you're in the market, $4 for, you know, Detective Pikachu, Aquaman, Halloween. I know a lot of people still want to go back to that. And 4K Blu-rays for 8 bucks. So that's pretty cool. Target has Breath of the Wild as a doorbuster, so you have to actually get there early to pick that up. You know, they have a bunch of games for $29.99. What they're toting here is uh, you know, Rage and Catherine Full Body, Judgment, Red Dead 2. There's not really anything here that I'm super stoked about. I do want to play Control, though. They have that going on sale for $25, so that's something I'm definitely going to be picking up. And right now, that's really all I am uh getting super excited about i know with target they have a lot of stuff going on sale that they don't usually put in the papers so that's just one of those things i'm gonna have to log on on black friday and see what else they got there but those are kind of what i'm interested in buying this year what about you you said you had some top tens going on i just wanted to go ahead and give some other observations first before i break down a top five i will say first off that you know if you can get it online for that same price I would say be focused on that. When is that going on sale online? You might be able to go ahead and get a jump on that. I know over the past couple of years, I've been able to get a lot of games and electronics online without having to go to the stores. I have gone to the stores, of course, but I also, in unison, are able to go ahead and sometimes get advanced purchase right there, maybe even the night before, maybe even hours before, instead of going to have specifically yeah get that on my list at one of the stores and try and fight and see hopefully you know hope that i can have that that in my hands i can go ahead and order it online and it'll get sent to me just have to wait a couple more days i don't think that's really a big deal this time of year you're still busy doing a lot of stuff anyways so if you can get it online and i'm sorry to all the brick and mortar retails out there when i say it but if you can get it online I'm telling you what, you should go ahead and try and do so because it helps out a lot because you're going to be shopping for a lot of other stuff out there anyways. You're going to be fighting the traffic for a lot of other things. I will say also as well, if you're into headphones or if you need one or if you need earbuds or you need anything like that, yes, Apple does have a sale on the iPods and, and you know, it's not much of a sale, what, $10, $15, $20, whoop-dee-doo, but that is a major sale for them when they go ahead and, and give you a price break on one of their most popular products. So if you really want the Apple iPods, and you, you know at least now is the time to get it with a, with a price break that they're giving you. But if you don't need that iPods and you want earbuds that pop in just like the iPods or you want over the head as far as for the full experience, you want wireless, you want other earbuds or things of that nature, there are a ton, absolute ton of earbuds headphones, whole nine yards that are available out there from Beats, Sony, JBL. The list goes on and on. Under $150, under $100, under $50, and in fact, even under $20 for good value earphones, earbuds. So I do want you to go ahead and shop. Uh, take a look at the, take a look at you know, when you go to any one of the sites that are out there, BF ads, blackfriday.com, theblackfriday.com, whatever. I want you to go ahead and check them out and specifically look for the ones that might match your needs. Check out the reviews on those products because there are some steep discounts when it concerns to audio devices for your ears this coming Black Friday. So be on the lookout for that. So I know, Josh, you were going to go ahead and interject with something. Sorry, no, I'm reading Black Friday ads right now. Like if you're like me and you have to purchase for little kids, like uh, Target's got some good deals on Lego sets right now because they're... 20 bucks for a lot of the ones that are usually 40. So that's something we're checking out. Absolutely. Because Lego does a lot of map pricing where they have continuously, their prices are kept high for a reason. And a lot like Apple does, they keep their prices high because there's still a great demand on their products. So they really don't do price cuts very much. 
if you need an Apple Watch, the Apple Watch prices I know are very have been dropped for Black Friday, so you want to keep an eye out for that. But again, if you're looking for headphones or earbuds or anything of that nature, this is the time to look into it seriously. Check out what matches up to your needs but with the Best Buy ad, with the Target ad, with the Walmart ad, with all the ads that are out there that you know cater to that type of thing. Please go ahead and check it out because now is the time to do so when it comes to for, for a better audio experience, whether to use with your mobile or what have you. So that's it's a great time for that indeed. But now we get into nitty-gritty, my friend. It is my top five picks for this Black Friday. Again, with one honorable mention, and that is this. The Xbox One, I, I'm going to say this again later on in my list, but yes, it is the end of the life cycle on the Xbox One. I get that. But the Xbox One S is still the best value console that's out there. And the reason why I say is because it runs and plays 4K Blu-ray. Do not be fooled by the Xbox One that's the digital only that's $50 less. Don't look at that one because it can't play Blu-rays. It can't play DVDs. It can't play audio CDs. It can't do the things as far as you can't go get a game and pop it into there as far as the Blu-ray. You have to download everything to it. That to me is not a good value at $149. Now, if they made it $99, which I think eventually that they will, I think that's another issue right there. I think that's something maybe you won't be interested at that time. But if you want to go ahead and add all and have a console that will play a video game or play a 4K Blu-ray, go ahead and invest in the, the Xbox One S. Around Black Friday, it's going to be sold at $199. The price drops. Not only is it going to have a one terabyte hard drive, which is a very good size, but it also in many locations, the one terabyte Xbox One that will be sold will be with Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is getting good reviews, which has been the source of my rants over the past two episodes. It is a very good game. A lot of people are enjoying it. I know Jamie Monroy of Game Source has been streaming it on the Game Source YouTube page. So, yes, you can get a Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Xbox One S for $199, and that does have the capability of playing Blu rays. You want to go ahead and target that one instead of the 149 digital only Xbox One. Yeah, that one, I just, you know, I can't hack that one unless it gets under $100. So that one right there for you, Xbox One S199. That's my honorable mention. So let's get to the list, my friend, real quickly at the top five deals for Black Friday. We'll start with number five. You know, Josh, your carpet's looking a little bit uh, dirtier, you know, with the pet hairs and all that. I think you need a new vacuum. What kind of deal can you get on a vacuum? You need to go ahead and look into what Kohl's has because, yes, I know Dyson's are off hundreds of dollars, but they're still a little bit high price. So if you're on a budget, I would look at the Shark vacuums, whether they whether it's the cordless or one of the heavy-duty uprights. They're both going on sale for as low as $84.99 with the $15 off coupon at Kohl's. So you can go ahead there. Buy those for $84.99 if whether you want a cordless to go ahead and use or a more powerful standalone traditional vacuum, both with the regular value or over $200. One of the models is actually MSRP at $299.99, and to have them both at $84.99, I think it's a steal. So it could help clean that area, the carpet right there. In fact, I'm thinking about it to get it for my messy carpet, you know, my area right here. So number four. And I think I'll throw this on the list every year, but PetSmart keeps bringing it back every year. If you're into or thinking about, you know, a tropical fish tank of any size, something to be decorative in your home, PetSmart's doing it again. $150, 60-gallon tank and stand. It's the one I have. I've had it for six, seven years now. And it looks, still looks great. Still sits there in our living room as a, as a mountain place. You've seen it. You've walked by it, Josh. So, you know, you've seen it in my house, 60-gallon tank, again, $150. Yes, you have to get a lot of other stuff with it. I know that. But as the major investment, the basis right there for you, a 60-gallon tank and stand, it is something that is a good deal, $150, because those usually cost a ton more money. And tell you what, as having a, a, as a centerpiece, as, as a source of conversation, it's really nice to have. 
Number three, you mentioned it earlier, my friend, Avengers Endgame, the 4K Blu-ray, not just the Blu-ray, because I think Best Buy is just displaying the Blu-ray for $7.99. This is the 4K version of the Blu-ray. That's $7.96 at Walmart. Right there, man, I'm telling you right there, if you want a great copy of Avengers Endgame, there, that's it for you right there. Although, personally, I would love the 4K Blu-ray set at $550 at Best Buy. But, man, that's a major investment. But that's another story of the Infinity Saga. But $7.96, Walmart right there for you, Avengers Endgame 4K Blu-ray. Number two, just like Xbox. Yes, the PlayStation 4 is at the end of its life cycle, so you are going to get great deals on it. PlayStation 4, one terabyte of hard drive space with three great games. And if you haven't played them yet, there are three of the best games on the system that's out there. And that is Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, and The Last of Us. All three of those are part of as a package is available at various retailers. It's the basic PlayStation 4 that's being set for the holidays. And that's at $199, or actually it's the Black Friday special that they're running at so many retailers. You know, if you can't get it at Walmart, it's there at Target. If you can't get it at Target, it's there at GameStop. It's $199. Comes with three great games. And number one, of course, it's got to be a TV, my friend. You can't have a Black Friday without a great TV sale. And you know what? I'm going to be sucked into the 65-inch TVs. They're the doorbusters, my friend, for both Target and Walmart. Best Buy has a 58-inch TV for $199. I don't think that's going to do it for me, man. I have a 60 in the house. I need to go bigger. 65-inch TV from Target and Walmart, both at, okay, let's say 279 One's 278 one's 279 It's the semantics over a dollar. The price and availability, that's going to be the thing. You have to get there early to go ahead and get it. But whether you're getting the Philips TV that has Android capability, that's a smart TV, so be able to go ahead and feed in the apps from Walmart or the Element TV that's Roku-enabled at Target, I think it's a very solid deal. They're both 4K, but for basic television for the front room, it's going to be satisfactory for a lot of people out there. And I think this is a great deal indeed. And I'm assuming quantities will be limited at both locations, Target and Walmart. I'm not sure if they'll be accessible online. You will have to read the Black Friday ad to make sure that those products are going to be available. So you want to check that out today. That's Target and Walmart, 65-inch TV for 278 or 279 all right, my friend, we're going to be right back here coming up in a sec with Off the Cuff with Rob McCallum with Tanya Marie from Kitty. They're going to be talking about some of the things that are going on in pop culture. And right after that, we're going to close out the show with our thoughts on Half-Life going to VR and if that's a good thing. This is the PCC Multiverse. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis say something check check hey hey check hi hello did you put makeup on for this no i think no No, it's not a face cast it's a mouth face cast (laughs) it's a mouth cast uh it's something like that it's an oral cast no uh okay i guess that's that's what you could call it this is Off the Cuff with No Guff. I'm your host, Rob McCallum, and joining me this week is my lovely wife. Um, so the first topic is in the world of video games, and that's okay. for Google Stadia. Do you know what this is? If I had to guess, I Okay, would so say... what's your background with video games so oh. that everybody kind of <laughs> has an idea? My background with video games has kind of stalled in like the Super Nintendo world and Rob was awesome and we got a, a Super Nintendo Mini and we got a Nintendo Mini and for someone like me who just likes... Well, you got the Nintendo Mini for Harrison. Just right? for you guys to do yeah. bro down due time as they and call yet it. And you're the one that plays it the most. Sometimes when the kids are napping or at school and one is napping, I'll get a little Nintendo Mini on or I'll get a little Secret of Mana. I'll get my, my Legend of Zelda on for a little bit. But I'm just really stuck back in 
those days with those video games. That's what I grew up with. I'm really comfortable with it. I'm really like a comfy girl when it comes to video games. I like the controllers. I like the weight, the simplicity of the buttons. How do you feel about like the PlayStation 4 controller or the Xbox One controller? It is like a panic attack for me. I, just, I look at it and I'm like... Whew. That's a lot of buttons. Oh my god, look at all those buttons. And lights and it vibrates and it's just like... oh. What do I do with this? It's a lot. It's a lot to. It's manage. overwhelming, right? So it's. I think the systems are amazing. I wish that I had the, the patience and the like, the time to figure that stuff out. But like, I just I'm a diehard for that old, that old look and the music. The, oh, I just so, love it. So the good news is we're we're talking about Google Stadia now. Google Stadia is a new platform. Okay. So it's kind of like a new console. Oh. All right. Now, I am far from the expert on this. When this was announced not long ago, uh, it was kind of a bit of an eye roll for me. Basically, okay. you can plug in a Google Chromecast dongle to your TV, which mm -hmm. is like a USB key, and that allows you to stream stuff to your TV, and it comes with a controller, and basically that's your video game system. So it's, it's like Netflix for video games. Everything is streamed. And I think mm. they're saying it's 4K, 60P, but I don't know that that's confirmed yet. I don't know if I would, yeah. But yeah, it's supposed to be next-gen gaming. They have their own proprietary controller. For me, it didn't ever make sense that we needed yet another platform. Like, no. I feel like I was never excited because, you know, the big three, There's Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony keep me busy enough let alone yeah. the mobile stuff and they're i mean they're and they're good what they are like the big three yeah they're good they do what they do they've been doing it for a long time and they do it well yeah all three of them and then of course there's steam which is a pc-based one and epic games yep. store which is a steam's biggest rival and now uh google stadia is is a rival as well there was a, a platform not long ago called the ouya which was a crowdfunding thing which is very much an independent uh kind of resource that looked like an Apple TV almost. You plugged it in and it was a bunch of games that you streamed that were all done by indie developers. So like wow. kind of power of the people, but it never really took off. Well, that's a shame. Cause I mean, that's yeah. cool for like indie developers. I mean, someone like but, Google that has a bazillion kajillion dollars, but I mean a bunch of indie developers that would be interested to see just to see what are they, what are they doing? You know? Well, all those indie games are available still. A lot cool. of them are on steam. A lot of them are on iOS for those kind of games that uh, work on the go. And then of course, Google Stadia. And there's to be honest, a ton of indie games on Nintendo, Sony and, and Microsoft's platforms as well. So there's no shortage of that. And there's no shortage of 16-bit aesthetic chiptune type stuff. True, true. But I just feel like the space is crowded. I think it it continues to say that video games are big business. Very I, I think uh, that, you know, they're not going away. They're still as popular as ever. Billion-dollar industry. Uh, can Google make a dent? Obviously, they're going to have money. And they could lose money at it uh, for decades before it really mattered. Do they care? Probably I don't know. not. They're going to take a crack at it, like, obviously. I'm, I'm curious is... to see how it integrates with what they want to do with YouTube. And YouTube oh, is yeah. coming under huge fire as of oh, late with Copa, which is, you know, they got refined $170 million for basically taking information and, and data from, from kids that were watching oh. videos for kids, those toy things, which, of course, we know a lot about. Oh, my god! Not only with, with our children or Terrison in particular, really was watching, was it Fizzy oh, Fun Fizzy Toys? Fun toy. It was, like a, it was like a sock puppet little person. And it was just playing with like little dinky toys, almost like you'd get from McDonald's, or it'd be like opening blind boxes. Blind boxes and, and blind bags. And, and those, for whatever reasons, he, he liked it. I never quite understood it, but the the view count was certainly there. So all that stuff now, you Oof. know, isn't going to be listed or recommended because they don't want that data to get, you know, reported. And you've got to flag your stuff if it's for kids or if it's for adults. And now people with video game, uh, channels on YouTube and people with toy channels, whether it's toy reviews or other stuff, are are coming under fire too. And for every video that apparently violates this, it's a forty-two thousand dollar fine. Holy smokes! I know you were telling me about this yeah. upstairs the other day in and, the kitchen. And That's basically, they're their hands off and dusting their hands clear of of it all, saying, "Get a lawyer if you want to fight us." But this is the deal. But hey, I've always said this about YouTube: you don't like it, don't put don't your do stuff it. on YouTube. Yeah. Don't you know, it. I think the curve has come much like how Facebook has changed and reached with their algorithms, constantly di diminishing it and becoming a more of a, a pay to play and, you know, atmosphere on Facebook. Big YouTube, day. in order to make money on there, you've, you've already had to be doing it for the last 10 years. I oh, really think so. So if you easily. want to use YouTube, I think it's, it's more about just building a, a free following, kind of like 
you know, people do with podcasts. I, I look at Bill Burr, right? He does his free podcast twice a week. Yep. But then he gets to pump all his shows, and he gets to build a personality and a following for free, and then they come out and see a show, watch a special. He's, he's building his brand uh, by doing that, and I think that's kind of the strategy to, to employ. But, you know, Vimeo is out there. I think for content creators that want to make money and revenue like YouTube, something new will emerge. I mean, MySpace was the king forever. Oh, my gosh. And then not. No, not at all. You know? Who, did, do you have your MySpace still? Like, Actually, I probably do. Oh, my God. If I could remember my password. Oh, God, though. But I bet you it's just filthy. No one wants to see your my MySpace. Your password is probably Rock Lobster. No, it's not. <laughs> By the way, I changed all my passwords from that stupid uh -huh. old password. I don't... Are you saying a password was Rock Lobster? Oh, God, years ago. Yeah, because it was the only thing I could, like, remember. I had like, I was just saying that because you were singing it the other day, and you don't like the B-52s. Oh, not anymore. Rock oh, my Lobster. God. <laughs> just, they drive me crazy. They, it's just not my jam. All right, well, send us your uh, questions for the next episode whenever that kind of ish happens. Probably not weekly, more like monthly-ish, maybe occasionally, uh, at Rob McZob both on Instagram and on Twitter or at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter or Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Okay, cheers. Well, all right, man. It's been a great episode. I want to thank Rob McCallum and Tanya Marie for being a part of today's podcast as well. And of course, you and I, my friend, we're just so excited for Black Friday coming up. I know you've got a lot of things going on and I'm going to get some guest host to fill in for your absence next week on both the pop culture cosmos and pcc multiverse as we break down the latest goings on in pop culture but before we head on out i wanted to ask you this i know you heard the news about valve a lot of people were excited to hear that possibly a half-life game was on the horizon maybe finishing off what they were started with the other episodes and oh yes yeah, yes half-life 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 and then it gets announced that it's going to be a vr game in full it's based off of Alex. So, my friend, I'm asking this. Is this a Half-Life game you were hoping for in Half-Life, Alex? I have never really gotten into the Half-Life world. I played Half-Life 2, and it was it was okay. I know it's not the sequel that people want. I don't know if a, a prequel is really what, what they're after. You know, and the fact that it's a VR game, it feels desperate to me, and it feels like this is not what people want. They don't want to have to go out to buy a VR game to revisit that world. So I'm just, I don't really know how it's going to do, but I'm kind of curious to kind of watch the carnage a little bit. I'm kind of disappointed as well. I've also played through the Half-Life series and you know, it's been a pretty good experience for me. I don't have the sheer love of the series that I know a lot of people do that have the such fondness for it because it did resonate with a lot of people and a lot of gamers during that period of the early two, to mid 2000s. And I know it's just something that a lot of people look forward to as one of their favorite series. And they were hoping for a continuation that I think a lot of people had been left out to dry by Valve for so many years because it looked like there was supposed to be a completion of the series. And they it looks like even right now they're not going to quite get it because Half-Life Alex, like you said, is going to be something different. And it's also going to be on a different format which Valve has a great interest in VR, as you and I both know, that they have spent tons and tons of money into their own VR. And, of course, to have a game you know, of the ilk and the name of Half-Life seemed like a natural that they would go ahead and do that. But it seems kind of disappointing that they're not going to go ahead in conjunction with it and make it at least initially playable in a non-VR format. Valve has Steam, has so many other revenue-making options that they didn't really have to worry about making games. But, you know, I, I expect something like either a continuation of the Half-Life series to continue on VR or another attempt like that with Left 4 Dead, with a Left 4 Dead 3 on the VR, which would be, again, disappointing to me because these games by Valve that were built for gamers on the PC and for gamers on console to be just relegated to VR seems a bit disappointing, but I see that as the future of where Valve wants to go and, and less and less on, on where it needs to go for us gamers. What are your thoughts out there on what's going on with Half-Life Alex? Are you excited for a new chapter in the Half-Life universe, or are you kind of bummed that it's just going to VR? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode. Any last thoughts on the way out before you head out for 
an extended vacation? No, but I'm ready for an extended vacation. An extended vacation for me, probably, nonetheless, which I think is probably the biggest thing you're looking forward to the most. That and giving all those grades to those kids. Oh, no, Black Friday shopping's up there, too. Well, there you go, my friend. Since I won't be seeing you and I won't be hearing from you, I want to wish you and the family all the best in the next week and a happy Thanksgiving. And to everyone out there, even though I will hopefully, if I remember, say it again next week, a happy Thanksgiving and a safe Thanksgiving to you and your family as well. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. This is another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Do you enjoy TV shows, movies, video games, comics, or novels? Do you enjoy listening to people discuss geeky topics without getting bent out of shape when they disagree? If you do, then the 42 Cast is right for you. We're a podcast with a rotating cast of guests that discusses a new topic every week. You can find us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, or 42cast.com. You can also support us and the entire ESO Network by going to patreon.com slash ESO Network. That's the 42 Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.